listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break episode 36, Bye Bye Storyboards. It's uh, nice to be back this week, and we've got some really interesting things to, to chat about. And uh, because a lot has happened this week, and I'll try to keep it to 15 minutes. The first thing we'd like to talk about is some news. And uh, this is some big Swift news, actually. It, this was just released on September 22nd, and uh, it turns out Swift is officially going on Windows. And this was on the Swift.org blog, Introducing Swift on Windows. And this, this is actually not a super new thing. It's been happening for a while, but uh, now it's, it's just official. And it's very exciting for Swift as a language because we see the expansion of Swift into other platforms, um, Linux and now into, into Windows. And there's even a little uh, ex example demo calculator application. Is this something I'm going to use? Probably not. I don't think I, I, I will ever use this. I don't use Windows anymore, um, and I certainly don't develop for it. So I, I, I don't think that this is something that I would personally be interested in. But I could see this where a lot of folks would like to be able to use Swift on Windows. So uh, I I'm, hope this really goes, uh, goes well. And uh, there's uh, the blog post on it has has the examples and uh, even a real world example of uh, the a company that is using it to do some cross platform applications with Swift. So that's all very exciting. Looking forward to more of that in the future. Okay, and the uh, the next thing that that we have, uh, I've been trying to give little updates here and there on the side projects that I'm working on and in. Uh, with regard to uh, transformation, which I've mentioned before, I keep going back and forth on this whole Swift UI thing. Uh, and the last thing that I did was I actually just kind of said, oh, no, I, I'm going to go back and, and just do it in UIKit, mostly because there was a uh, there was a talk that was given at 360iDev, and one of the things that was mentioned was uh, just, just use what you know. Um, I, and of course, now I'm going back and forth and still reconsidering all of that. But I marched ahead with uh, UIKit. And one of the things that came up was that uh, I noticed that in newer applications, even with UIKit, I, I originally thought this was just a Swift UI thing, but uh, even UIKit applications were using the scene delegate, uh, probably to support multiple windows on uh, iPad. And so I thought, oh, hey, maybe maybe that would be a good way to modernize my application because currently it was uh, everything was in the app delegate. So I thought, okay, well maybe I can do this migration to use app delegate and scene delegate fairly easily. And so I started getting into it, and uh, so I made the correct modifications and I ran the application and it didn't work. So uh, it, it turns out there is a few steps that you have to go through. Uh, in your info p list, so um, you can look that up. It's it's on the Apple uh, documentation in Apple Developer, but it's uh, it was funny to me because it seemed like it was such a convoluted um, set of steps that I had to go through. I actually the the app itself is a iPhone app, but 
you had to enable it to be work on iPad temporarily just so you, it would enable this extra checkbox. And then when you click the checkbox, it would create the section in the info P list that you needed to, uh, to have in there to enable the app delegate and scene delegate uh, cooperation there. And so um, I got it to work, and but it was just kind of a, a funny kind of example where a lot of times Apple tries to make things very simple. You know, oh, we'll just provide this checkbox. But it, it doesn't really accomplish the goal of, of those who want to modernize their application, make it behave like most applications are, are, are working these days. So uh, in any case, maybe the rationale was that, oh, people who are developing apps for iPhone only won't even need this. And that's probably true. But um, in this case, I, I just wanted to have that in there because uh, it, it felt a little antiquated just using the old uh, app delegate methods. So uh, anyway, it, I got it working. And uh, if anyone is looking on how to do it, just uh, you can quickly Google uh, how to make that work and you'll probably find the, the Apple documentation on that. Uh, I just thought it was funny that it was this kind of step, this hidden step that you had to take. And uh, it was in the steps, but uh, it was very kind of unintuitive way, uh, very non-Apple-like in, in some respects. Anyway, um, so that's that for uh, scene delegates. Uh, but one of the things that I really wanted to do also was to get rid of storyboards. And this was all part of this, uh, that I had originally really enjoyed using storyboards. Uh, it's a very visual kind of way of laying out your application. And um, however, on my uh, day job, uh, working for uh, as a, a contract developer for Bleacher Report, the sports app, uh, we do everything in code. And so um, having been on that team for two years now, uh, it just felt more natural to me to do everything in code. And actually it was really irritating to me to have to worry about the storyboards and uh, having that sort of disconnect between what was happening in the code and what was happening in the, in the storyboards. So uh, I decided to go ahead and get rid of the storyboards and move completely to code, which is what I did. And uh, it, it kind of snowballed a little bit because uh, originally I had a, a, um, a UI table view in, a, in my sort of main view and this main tab that I was working on. And I, I got to thinking that, well, now that I'm doing all of this, maybe I should, should convert this to a UI collection view. So, uh, so I did that as well. So it was sort of these three things that, that came out of something that was going to be originally pretty simple. Um, so it was getting rid of the storyboards, moving from just app delegate to app delegate and scene delegate, and then also now converting the, the table view to a collection view. And that led me to something else that I'll talk about next week on my uh, progress report for, for transformation. So at any rate, I hope you enjoyed that. It was kind of a, a funny, funny thing that happened this week. One of the things that I had to deal with recently was a rejection with regard to sign in with Apple. And it was kind of a surprise, kind of not. This was something that I was really concerned with when we were completed with this particular uh, portion of the, the product and getting it sent off that 
um, it, it felt like we were not really checking all of the the items in the uh, human interface guidelines that Apple had set out for sign in with Apple. So it just illustrates that we need to be very careful when we are when we're working on on a feature like this where Apple is very explicit about things like the the images that we're supposed to use, the text that we're supposed to use on a on a button, the layout of it, the font of it. So uh, I encourage everyone to follow the human interface guidelines as much as possible because otherwise you will uh, end up getting rejected for something that was pretty much avoidable. Um, now the downside is that if you do have follow Apple's guidelines, a lot of times what will happen is that it'll have sort of this cascading effect where just because you have to do something for the one button, there are other elements on that screen um, in, and that you may have to readjust that in that interface based on the fact that now Apple is mandating certain changes for the sign in with Apple button uh, in this case. And so it, it can be a little tricky. It can be very irritating. And especially when Apple doesn't help you uh, in this regard very much. One instance of this is that if you use a, they allow you to, this is actually nice. They allow you to use a square version of the uh, Apple logo button. So it's a square image with the Apple logo in the middle and they have a white version and they have a black version. Uh, and so you can, you can choose which one would be most appropriate for your interface. And then, uh, but they're very, very um, explicit in what their instructions about uh, the size of it and what you can do with it. Now uh, they do provide vector versions in SVG and in PDF. So if you have those versions, then you're good to go. But if you don't, then you have to use the PNG version. In my case, I had to use the PNGs. Now, what they don't tell you, or I guess technically they do tell you, but it's not obvious that they're telling you this. But uh, the images that they provided, they say if you're using the PNG version, you need to be using it in a 44-point square button. However, the image that they give you is actually 56 points squared. So it took me... I, maybe not half the day, but it took me a, a good portion of the, the day trying to figure out why this image was not fitting inside the button properly. And it turns out it was because there was a transparent border of six, uh, six points all the way around uh, the, the image. Instead of just giving the image just a completely you know, done in 44 points in the, maybe the, the three different um, resolution types, uh, you know, the 1x and a 2x and a 3x version. Uh, they had they had those 1x, 2x, and 3x versions, but they ha all had that six-point um, transparent border all the way around. So it was very confusing to me as to see why. And, and I inadvertently ended up discovering this because the um, I was I was finding that I had to add a, an inset of negative six. All the way around on the button, and so what that would do is then the then it would it would start to look correct. It would be 44 points again instead of scrunched down. So the reason for that, of course, is because of, there was that transparent border, and it wasn't immediately obvious when I looked at it in the image in preview. So I opened it in Affinity Photo, and sure enough, 
it, it was immediately obvious what was going on. Um, both versions of, or I guess all six versions of the, the image, they all had that invisible or transparent border all the way around. So th th I'll just let you know if you're ever doing those, those, uh, those types of buttons for sign in with Apple, beware that it will have that. And so you may have to, uh, you do a, like a negative six, uh, offset all the way around because honestly, Apple really wants you to use those images unmodified too, which I also find very strange. So at any rate, uh, hopefully that'll help you in the future if you ever have to do any sign in with Apple work. Um, so just follow the guidelines and you should be good to go. Or better yet, if you have, if you have the ability, just use their button because you can, uh, it's an actual component in the framework that you can use that will actually create that button for you, the, um, the, the full sign in with Apple with the text and everything. So, um, so that's another option for you. Okay. Moving on to, uh, let's see. Oh, um, so this is something that I did last time. I just wanted to mention, um, if you would like to support the show, uh, where there is a Patreon page and that's at uh, patreon.com forward slash iOS dev break. And, uh, so it's been really nice. Uh, in, in fact, we have some supporters and if you would like to the it's, it's very simple. Um, right now there's only one level. It's a dollar a month if you'd like to, to help out. And, uh, I just wanted to, uh, thank, uh, Joe Chaplinski. Um, and he, uh, he, he's, was very kind to, uh, to help support the show. Uh, so, uh, thanks, thanks to Joe for that. And also I just wanted to mention, um, in return, so uh, check out his app, Recaf. Um, he has other apps as well, but um, if you are ever in the position where you want to start monitoring your caffeine intake, um, Recaf is an excellent tool to do that. And he built in some very clever kind of, um, it, it's I, I guess, pseudo AI. I don't know exactly how Joe likes to refer to it, but he put in some, some rules that uh, will very cleverly remind you to track your your caffeine intake and uh, so I, I i'm always impressed by that because i know that he himself has said that he's not using any sophisticated necessarily ai kind of stuff but it has that feel and that's that's very uh that's pretty awesome so uh check it out that's recaf by uh, joe chaplinski uh, moving on, we have uh, some other interesting news too. A new thing came along, and this was um, uh, in the IoT space. And I haven't talked about IoT for a long time, core Bluetooth or any of these kinds of things, um, mostly because I'm not using, I haven't used any of it for probably over two years, maybe three at this point. Um, but there is, if you go to madmachine.io, there is a microcontroller now that is, so think of Arduino. So there's basically an Arduino that is built using Swift. Uh, so you'll, you, so now there is a microcontroller that you can use Swift to control it with. So, uh, you might want to check that out. That's one of our picks for this week. That's at madmachine.io and the, the product is called Swift.io. So uh, it looks pretty cool and it's not too expensive. They have, uh, they have the board you can just buy by itself. And then they also have a, uh, like a larger kit 
that has a bunch of other components that you can plug into it. Kind of like Arduino had these these two where you could buy the board with a bunch of other components that you plug and and it really gets you kind of started. Um, and I think that's somewhere north of $100, I believe, for the, uh, for the kit. The board itself, I thought, was around $69 or, or so. Um, at any rate, uh, if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Okay, so that actually puts us uh, again, a little past the 15 minute mark this week. So I apologize for going over, but, uh, hopefully you don't mind too much for that. We rambled a little bit, but, um, hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, I actually have a few other things that I had lined up for this week. So I'll just, I'll push those to next week and we'll discuss about those, uh, then. So thanks again for listening to iOS dev break and I'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iOS And there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iOS Thank you again for listening to iOS Dev Break. And until next week, we will catch you on the flip side iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. Thank you.